to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Thursday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson, coming to you live from inside the studio today. Counting down the hours at this point until Auburn football takes on Penn State. And we've got an amazing show lined up for you. As coming up today at 3.30, we will chat with Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South. We'll take your phone calls all show long. We've got birthdays and sports to get to, a nightly TV guide, a ton of things that we're going to have to accomplish here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson here with Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress on a Thursday edition of the program. Mr. Daughtry, how are you today? I'm feeling fantastic. Absolutely delighted to be here. Can't wait to talk a little bit bit more about Auburn football yeah. uh, we've, we've got a big one coming up and we haven't talked about Penn State that much at least while I've been on the show everything's kind of been recapping San Jose State from my end so uh, really looking forward to talking about the Nittany Lions and you know I'm sure we'll talk about other stuff at some point but I you know the main focus is football and, and why not it's football season man and I'm I'm very excited. Incredibly busy day on the show yesterday. If you missed any of it, go find the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. On yesterday's show, we had Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, talking about the Penn State football game, talking about the improved secondary for the Nittany Lions. Sean Clifford back. Once again at quarterback, Andy Burcham was on the show yesterday. We also spoke with Joe Bartle from RotoWire as we started another year of fantasy football conversations with our friends over at RotoWire. There's football tonight. Chargers and Chiefs, make sure you set your lineup because both of those teams have very explosive offenses yes, and sir. some folks that you want to be featured in your fantasy lineup. Travis Kelsey, come on down. There you go. Yeah, no doubt about that. And then also on yesterday's program, we had the pleasure of chatting with Cole Pinkston, recruiting insider for love, Auburn Live and On 3 Sports. I love the crew over at On 3, man. They're, they're, so, they, uh, they're so good. Very versatile, very experienced, and Cole Pinkston was in venue today because he was promoting a uh, commitment that was set to take place. Yeah. He told us, hey, uh, we're pretty certain that this Adam Hopkins wide receiver four-star is going to be committing to Auburn this morning. And at 9 a.m. Central Time, a ceremony was had, and uh, Adam Hopkins did indeed commit to the Auburn Tigers. Their class is back at eight. Carmelo English decommitted, putting the total number down to seven, but Adam Hopkins committed today. So Auburn now has eight commits in the class of 2023. Yeah, and there's apparently a lot to like about Adam Hopkins. I, I have not watched him at all, haven't watched any film on him. I've read about him a little bit the same way I've read about Carmelo English. The difference is I've watched Carmelo English play a game. Uh, and I think that uh, between the two of them, I think they're pretty similar. I think they're both smaller-bodied receivers that are very, very fast and uh, have a lot of athleticism. And the way that those two work uh, is pretty similar. So you lose one guy who's probably going to be a slot guy at this level uh, and go to another one who's probably going to do the same thing. Now, obviously, once they get into college, who knows what, what type of receiver they become, but that's kind of what they're projected to do. Uh, the number one wide receiver in the state of Georgia. Uh, the state of Georgia pumps out a lot of great players, especially at skills, it's, uh, especially at the skill positions. Uh, so uh, looking at looking at getting the number one wide receiver in Georgia, that's a pretty big fish to catch. Here we are. We're getting set for 
Auburn and Penn State and also looking towards the future because this weekend is going to be such a major recruiting weekend for the Auburn football program, having so many talented guys in venue getting to experience the game day atmosphere uh, for an epic football game. And you know what, Brant? We're in a giving mood, and we would love for others to be able to experience the atmosphere that's set to take place on Saturday Christmas inside Jordan Hare Stadium. Christmas in September. And that's what's happening. We're going to give away some tickets right now uh, for Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show for Auburn and Penn State. We'll give it away right now to our third caller on our prize line, 334-887-9999. Four tickets up for grabs right now. Third caller, 887-9999. Punch that into your phone lines, and we will give away four tickets for Auburn and Penn State if you call in and make that request right now. So, man, I love making people happy. And, yeah. Uh, man, getting I, uh, The atmosphere is going to be so amazing. I this, wouldn't want anybody to miss out on this. I cannot wait to see what pregame is like. I really hope that Auburn goes on defense first because I think that at the beginning of the kickoff crowd is going to be insane. I want them to keep up that level of insanity uh, as – as things go on, and I think with uh, if you go on defense first, I think that that crowd's going to be cranked all the way up. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about Penn State uh, and their. Is that what you what, want? You want Auburn to go on defense first? I I always want to go on defense first because I feel like it's more important to win the fir- the third quarter than right. the first uh, to set the tone for the second half than the first half. But every coach has a different philosophy with it. But I think especially when you're playing at home and you're going to have an insane atmosphere like this when you're at orange out promoting that uh, as much as you can that type of thing I, I really really love the idea of going on defense first and there's a there's a very impressive clip uh, from a, a Penn State wideout a couple of years ago where Penn State goes on defense to start the game and the team that they're playing has to call a timeout their offense has to call a timeout on the first snap of the game because they can't get the snap count in and they can't hear what's going on and that's one of those things that I really really I, I look at that and I go, Auburn can do that. Auburn can get that loud. Auburn has gotten that loud before. Um, but Penn State is known for it, and I think Auburn's going to show Penn State what they're made of. No uh, doubt about on, that. On Saturday. And we're going to get to see an amazing atmosphere, amazing football game set to be played on Saturday from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com. For more information, your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn Bank, our proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. First caller due up on the show today. We go to the phone lines. And Zeus, who's called in? Michael from Auburn. Michael has called in to Sports Call. What's going on, Michael? What's up, guys? I was hoping I was number three, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> I uh, how much do you buy in that this whole Jersey thing was just uh, maybe brought in to take the attention away from the quarterback situation and less pressure off of uh, you know something else that you know people would be talking about hey. instead of instead of you know Robbie and TJ. Not at all. Absolutely not at all. Uh, you had. The pressure does. The pressure from the fans comes from the fact that you're the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers, not from, you know, the week to week thing. Uh, it's those quarterbacks know what they're up against. And the other thing is that I think the jersey teasing. I, I think Auburn leaned into it just a little bit, but not really. I think most of that speculation came from the fan base themselves. 
uh, rather than from uh, Auburn football itself. So I, I don't really think that uh, – I think whatever pressure was going to be there is already there. These guys know what's at stake. They know how big a game it is. So I don't think that Auburn's trying to take pressure off of them in any way. They know what they're up against. Any uh, any thoughts on the Twitter account? Just just the the word tradition and the picture of like the blue sleeve. Uh, I think there's kind of saying, "Hey, everybody, calm down. We're not doing orange jerseys," which is you know fine by me personally, but. Uh, I still think Auburn's got something up their sleeve. Derek Hall said in the the Monday uh, press conference that they will do some kind of surprise with the uniform uh, at some point this season. But I I expect them to come out in the blue jerseys on Saturday. Maybe something different. They are doing the orange face masks, uh, which is awesome. I think I think that's the perfect look. But uh, we'll we'll see what they do going forward. It'll be interesting to me if, if we don't see the team, but we see the captains, and then they kind of run back and, and change uniforms, and then the team yeah. comes out. Like I yeah. think that may be the way to do it, but I don't know. I, I don't care if they wear pink polka dots if they win. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. That's the... Thanks, guys. Thank you yeah, so thank much, you, Michael. Michael. Good to hear from you. That's Michael from Auburn joining us on the program. Big-time call there, and that's a, that's a great point. Like. Why not have them wear pink polka dots? If, if Auburn's winning a football game, you really don't care what they're going to be wearing. Yeah, wasn't it? I can't remember if it was – I can't remember if it was Tuberville or Barfield who did something like funky with uniforms. And the team came out and warmed up in the traditional uniforms, but then they went back into the locker room and came out in something different. That might have been a, a Doug Barfield thing uh, that he did – towards the end of his tenure. And I, I could see Auburn doing that as well. Brent, we want to get congratulations here. Marcus Kelly was our third caller. Marcus Kelly has won four tickets for Saturday's game between Auburn and Penn State. Congrats, man. That's exciting. Yeah, congrats, Marcus. That's awesome, man. And here's the good news, too. Coming up later in the program, final hour or so, we're going to have another oh, ticket giveaway. Another one. Things will change a little bit, so... Hold tight. If you just missed out on that one, keep listening to us. And when we give you the commands, we'll see if we can give up some more how football many, tickets. How many tickets are in this bundle? We'll have a pair. A, we'll pair, a pair coming so up in this bundle. Six. Six tickets that's given six away on today's show. In one day, in three hours, we've given away. It's pretty amazing. Three hours, six tickets. That's two tickets an hour. Yeah. That's pretty good return. We've done some good things here on the program, that's for sure. More phone calls. 334-887-3401. Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South set to join us here in about 10 minutes. As we go to the phone lines, joining us now is... James from Montgomery. James has called into Sports Call. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Well, the first thing that I want to talk about is the head coach of the Philadelphia of the um, of the Seventy uh, Sixers um, of the Suns. You know, uh, the coach that's been uh, buzzing around the the sports world and what he's been doing. The owner, not the coach. The owner. I mean, the owner of the of the basketball team. In, Correct. Uh, in Phoenix, Robert Sarver. Yeah, I've been trying to. You know, trying to wrap my head around this, and um, I know he's the owner, but I mean, I've been hearing a lot about this since last week, the week before, and he really shouldn't be saying any um, any colorful words. I'm not going to say on air, but I mean, that was kind of inappropriate for him, and I think with the one year suspension, I should, if I was, if I was like, if I was in. Um, if I was, you know, the, the head manager over the NBA, if I was in Alex, 
you know, um, uh, um, the the head person over the NBA, the commissioner, Adam Silver. Yeah. Adam yeah, if Silver. Was, if I was in his position, I would actually give the owner indefinitely suspension without no pay. Yeah, no, he's been fined $10 million and suspended for a year following a long investigation. The NBA is calling it workplace misconduct and organizational deficiencies. So, yeah, a, yes. uh, so, and I know yes. that a lot of NBA stars, LeBron James, Chris Paul, several others have spoke out saying the uh, lenient punishment is not right. Yes, because I'm, I'm with those um, players in the NBA. I'm with LeBron James and Chris Paul and uh, some of the players in the WNBA. I mean, that wasn't right for what he said on, you know, talking with some of the players and trying to, you know, you know, tell them that they can't, you know, they can't play a game or, you know, yelling at them or, you know, talking, talking with everybody in the NBA and in the WNBA is very highly um, un- unacceptable on his part as well, and he needs to, you know, you know, get some get some closure into that as well. It's a heavy story for sure. An independent study found that Robert Sarver used the N word at least five different times, and also uh, told a pregnant employee she would be unable to do her job upon becoming a mother, and made comments about women crying too much. So, um, just yeah, just terrible behavior from an owner in the NBA, and uh, again, a suspension of a full year and fine $10 million. Yes, and then on the other note, uh, former uh, quarterback of the uh, Minnesota Vikings and Green Bay Packers uh, quarterback, Brett Favre, has, um, you know, done something in the news and, and, and what he's done for his daughter that is actually going to the University of Mississippi I mean, he actually is doing a really good job for his daughter as well. Um, you know, getting new sportsmen, sports equipment for their for their university as well. And I think that's a really good thing that he's doing for his daughter as well. And, you know, some people should, you know, applaud that for him as well because he's doing a really good a really good father thing for his daughter as well. Yeah, it's a uh, a welfare scandal there in Mississippi. His daughter at the University of Southern Mississippi, uh, and and yeah, Brett Favre is, is not in the best headlines right now. Yeah, that's well because I mean when when that actually came out, I was trying to you know I'm I don't want to touch on that too much because it, it it's really making me very very upset right now on that. So I just want to just leave that part out and just worry about um you know other other things in sports as well yeah uh crazy story there in the state of mississippi that's for sure yes that's well and then i know y'all were talking about auburn versus um penn state that's going to be coming up this weekend and i do like the orange jerseys i think they um i mean I know it's going to be a two. I know it's going to be a two thirty afternoon game, so it's going to be a very good game. I wish I was there in person to actually see that, and you know, to see all the Auburn fans wearing orange. And actually, it reminds me the the last time I was in Auburn when we actually did that was back in October of the Halloween uh, game that we did, and we had a night game one time and. 
I actually took a picture of all of the fans that were wearing orange and I sent it to my mom and dad and a couple of friends of mine. And, um, they actually, uh, texted me back and said, where are you at? I said, I'm in, I'm in Auburn and it looks like we're in a, in a, in a pumpkin patch still. And, and, and I think it looks, I think it's going to look just like that as well because we're actually coming around the fall season. So I, I think I like the orange, uh, the orange uniforms and the orange shirts that we're going to wear this Saturday as well. Yeah, James, it's not quite October yet, but it does feel like we're going to be at a pumpkin patch on Saturday inside Jordan Hare Stadium with all the orange that's going to be there. I think it's going to be a, a great look, and uh, hopefully it's a very uh, raucous and rowdy environment for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Yes, as well, because I know I've been looking at some uh, highlights from the last time that we played against Penn State, and we were in Penn State up there and um, in their house, and, and we were supposed to win that game, but now the tie, the tables have turned, so now we're just going to give – Penn State, let's say, for their own medicine on uh, Saturday afternoon as well. We got to get payback. Yeah, so we're going to really get a lot of payback. I'm hoping TJ Finley or um, Robert Ashford might, one of those two quarterbacks might make a, a good comeback out of it. Um, I know from last weekend when we played against uh, San Jose State, I don't know what was um, Brian Harson's um, deal trying to put in TJ Finley and then switching from TJ Finley to uh, Robert Ashford. It was a back-and-forth quarterback battle, and, I mean, it, it was, like, confusing me, you know. I mean, he should have he should have kept uh, Robert Ashford out there for the remainder of the game and just left him in there in the end of the game of the fourth quarter as well just to win, win that game against um, San Jose State. I'm a big fan of Robbie Ashford. I think he could do a lot for this Auburn football team, but uh, T.J. Finley has uh, done some solid things this season as well. So we'll see uh, what the quarterback play looks like on Saturday versus Penn State. Yeah, and then on Thursday night, which is tonight, I'm actually I'm not going to watch that game, but I, I'm trying to see if I can get it like on, on YouTube. So I'm going to probably see if I can and watch it as well because I do have some great guys that I just put in into my fantasy league as well. I just put uh, Nicole Hartman in my fantasy lineup for Thursday night, so I'm just going to see how Nicole Hartman is actually going to do in the fantasy uh, lineup as well for tonight as well. It's going to be a good game. Chiefs and Chargers, uh, we'll be watching it for sure uh, on Amazon Prime for folks to be able to tune in and, and see exactly how that game plays out. Well, James, we've got a guest coming up here uh, in just a little bit. So do you have any final thoughts for us? Um, no, I don't have any final thoughts, but I can probably call back a little later if that's okay. Sure, yeah. How's Marie doing, James? Oh, we have split. We are done. I am done Right now, I'm just focusing on me, just trying to live my best life. And I'm in a single life right now. I'm in the, um, I'm like a lonely fish in a, in a single fishbowl right now. So I'm actually, um, I do have somebody that I actually work with at my job. And me and her were thinking about signing the knot sometime in 2023. No way. Yes. Yes. So we are actually, uh, con- we're actually officially uh, thinking about getting married, so I'm actually going to be getting an engagement ring 
this coming up December, and I'm going to hold it until uh, until June the 18th, which is on the Monday of 2023. And I'm going to ask all of the volunteers. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually ask them uh, that I have a special announcement to make in front of the whole entire um, job. Uh, I'm gonna make it public so everybody would know how I feel about this individual person. That's beautiful, buddy. That's absolutely beautiful. What's her name? Her name is Olivia. Okay. So we've, been, we've been talking for about two months now, going on two months, and she's a really sweetheart, and she's very interested to meet me as well. But I'm just trying to keep things uh, a little under wraps so I don't want anything to happen. So yeah, it play it safe. If, yeah, if it doesn't work out, then I have my best friend to actually come in and um, take my heart as well. Okay, well, that's very kind. All right, well, uh, look, we can't wait to talk to you on tomorrow's show or actually call back later today if you would like, okay? What kind of trivia do you want later? Um, I'll probably take uh, Beatles trivia as well because on December the 4th, I will actually be going to Montgomery, and I'm actually going to be seeing the Fab Four, the tribute band of the Beatles as well. So this will be my second time actually going to uh, there you go. hang out with the guys All as right. well. Well, we'll have that for you later. We'll talk to you then, okay? All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our pal James from Montgomery joining us here on Sports Call. When we come back, Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South is on Sports Call next here at Tiger 95.9 FM. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back into the program. This is Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry on this Thursday. And we are so excited that we get the opportunity to go to our Auburn Bank phone line right now and chat with a good friend of ours from Saturday down south, Connor O'Gara, kind enough to be on the program. Connor, the time is greatly appreciated. How much have you enjoyed the start to the college football season, my friend? You know, it's been great, guys, but I'll be honest, I, I don't think I've enjoyed it as much as the Sun Belt. I don't know that anybody has enjoyed the start of the college football season as much as the Sun Belt, which I think we just have to refer to as the new premier conference in college football. It's best to do that, I think. I mean, we've we've heard the Fun Belt jokes from time to time over the years, but this would absolutely be the moment that they are officially the Fun Belt. I mean, look, you got Marshall out here going to Notre Dame. Shout out to Charles Huff building a program over there with the Thundering Herd. I love what the Sun Belt has done. They've said, you know what, we'll go anywhere, anytime. We're going to be able to hang with these, these these premier programs, and we don't really care that 
that we have a fun nickname that everybody's going to poke fun at. But look, they're going to be hosting college game day at App State this weekend. That atmosphere is going to be second to none. Luke Combs in the house. This is like kind of apex mountain for the Sun Belt. And unless, of course, the SEC wants to add a bunch of Sun Belt teams and not wait on the ACC's grant of rights deal, which <laughs> goes through 2036. So yeah, Sunbelt's feeling good right now. All right, before we get to Auburn and Penn State and some other top teams uh, in the SEC, we've got to uh, jump away from the Sunbelt, though, and it's important that we check in on, on Joe Moorhead and those Akron Zips of yours. How are things going through the first two weeks? You know, it's a slow start. It's a slow start. You know, we <laughs> we, we, we got to give Joe three or four years. Yeah, Rome wasn't built overnight. Akron certainly will not be rebuilt overnight. Auburn fans saw last year that was a pretty sorry program that Joe inherited. Look, I, I picked them to, to not cover at Tennessee. They're 47.5-point underdogs. Um, so I, I'm gladly giving all of those points because um, I think Tennessee's offense should be able to hang half a hundred on them just like Michigan State did last week. It's early. It's real early. Joe's going to need some time. Got to rebuild the culture there. They're going to work the transfer portal really well after year one. It's, it's going to take a bit of time, but year one, we don't judge coaches based on year one. I know they might do that on the planes a little bit, but I personally do not like to judge coaches based on their first year. 47 and a half, Connor? Yeah, it's high. It's real high. That's insane. Man, <laughs> I hadn't, we, you know, we hadn't even seen that number yet. That is wild. Yeah, look, I mean, Tennessee's offense might be the best in college football Fair. this year. And if, if Michigan State could put up 52 against Akron, you know, I'm just I'm setting the bar low for Joe. Um, he he was very clear about that. It's going to be a rough year one. You know, I think they won what like one game last year. They're, they're in some rough shape, but give him like three or four years, and we're going to have LeBron in a suite at Akron <laughs> every single Akron game, pretending like he's been a diehard Akron fan forever. And Joe will then have the troops rolling. So, yeah, it's just going to take a little bit. I can't wait. That's going to be outstanding. Connor O'Gara is our guest right now from Saturday Down South, getting us set for another big weekend of college football. All right, so in the SEC, uh, we've got a couple of conference games being played this weekend. Georgia and South Carolina, the Dogs now the number one team in the country once again. Uh, What's it going to take for South Carolina to pull this off, or is there any chance that happens? Prayer, um, maybe. Um, Look, I think last year you watched the Alabama offensive line all of a sudden figure things out before the SEC championship against Georgia, and that doesn't usually happen. Usually if you have offensive line issues, you don't suddenly figure them out against the defensive line as good as Georgia's. South Carolina has offensive line issues. Don't get a twist. I mean, like they are really rough up front, and this could be a long day for Spencer Rattler. But I do think we're going to see some adjustments made from Marcus Satterfield. That offense that he wants to run, which has the McVay-Shanahan concepts, really doesn't call for a lot of extra protection. You put a lot of trust in your offensive line to be able to keep your quarterback upright with those five-man protections with those wide sets that they like to operate out of. And this South Carolina team hasn't shown the ability to do that just yet. I think Spencer Rather is going to be able to make some plays in this one, but I do think that Georgia, even in that atmosphere, in what should be probably, I don't know, it's probably going to feel like 125 on field level at Williams-Brice on Saturday at noon. Um, I do think that Georgia is still going to be able to win this game comfortably, but I, I think that we're going to see South Carolina make some tweaks offensively and maybe figure some things out in the second half. Another conference game, this one in the Western Division, LSU and Mississippi State. Basically, a field goal separates 
these two teams when you look to Vegas. What do you think? How do you think this game plays out between LSU and Mississippi State? People are literally sleeping on Mississippi State. I mean, they are sleeping on them because their two games have ended past midnight, and the one last week went till <laughs> 3 in the morning. Mississippi State's a really good football team, and that's why they're favored in this game. They are so good defensively with Zach Arnett and that three three five. And people that don't know the names Tyrus Wheat or Jeff Johnson, they're going to get to know them after what they do to LSU this weekend because I think they're going to present all sorts of problems for that LSU offensive line, which just looked awful in that opener against Florida State. That was their only game against real competition so far. And I think Jaden Daniels is going to spend too much of the day running for his life. Mississippi State should have been in the top 25 this week. The fact that they weren't and there were 31 people who put A&M in their top 25 is just ridiculous. But I, I think Mississippi State kind of has this coming out party, and they go in Death Valley, they win that game, and they put a lot more people on notice saying, hey, Mississippi State, they're going to be able to do more than just kind of hang around in the SEC West. They can absolutely keep their head above water and be a really difficult team to match up with on a weekly basis. Connor, I, I want to go back to something you kind of touched on right there with uh, talking about uh, – that Mississippi State team, uh, well, a team you, you touched on, that Texas A&M team, if, if they don't show up at, in College Station on Saturday against the number 13 Miami, they're looking at a bad start, a, a one-and-two start to the season, and they haven't looked good even in that one win against uh, Sam Houston State. And, you know, you've, you've got the grind of the SEC West coming up. I know next weekend you've got a, a date with Arkansas up in Arlington. What, what sh- should Texas A&M fans be sitting there worried right now? Well, there's, they're very much open to the possibility of a 6-6 six and six season at this point. I don't think you can lose to, and with all due respect to App State, I realize you know we're talking about the premier conference in college football, that is the Sun Belt. <laughs> but, you know, I think that if you're an A&M fan, you watched the way that it played out and you said, oh boy, this could easily be 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five. There's a chance that by early to mid-October, they're going to wish that people were making 8-4 jokes because you hit the nail on the head. The defensive minds that they have coming up, in addition to having Kevin Steele and Charlie Strong this weekend, I know Auburn fans are very familiar with both of their work, I think that you look at the way that this plays out and you say, man, they need to figure out their offensive identity now because you got Barry Odom and then you got the aforementioned Zach Garnett and then, oh, by the way, you've got Nick Saban coming up. If you get out of two and two, that like that stretch right there, you'd probably be feeling good if you're an Aggie fan at this point. They could easily go one and three in that stretch, and all of a sudden you're realizing, wow, they have four losses, and we're not even to the midway point of the season yet. Aggie fans are very much of the belief that this offense needs to have those changes. We need to see them this weekend, and we need to see them against the Miami team. That's a bit overrated. I mean, they don't deserve to be number 13, but you know, I do think that this would be a huge bounce back week if they could find any sort of offensive identity with that one in College Station on Saturday night. And another team I, w- I want to get your opinion on to start the season is another uh, SEC West team that's kind of had an interesting start to the year. They are two and zero. Ole Miss came out and they didn't look like that, you know, that electric Ole Miss offense that we've seen in the past couple years under Lane Kiffin. That first week against Troy, but then they lit it up against Ar- Central Arkansas last week, and they've got a really interesting one coming up on the road at Georgia Tech on Saturday. What has been your opinion of their start to the year? It's been weird. They don't even have a starting quarterback yet. <laughs> We're in week three. And we're still trying to figure out, is it going to be Jackson Dart? Is it going to be Luke Altmaier? We probably will see more of Jackson Dart this weekend against Georgia Tech because Luke Altmaier suffered the upper body injury. Lane has been pretty pretty private about this entire battle and going back and forth. And I think part of that, too, is because 
these guys are so hot and cold. I mean, Luke Altmaier's been a roller coaster from quarter to quarter, and Jackson Dart got a little bit too much of this 2020 Matt Corral in him, at least the bad version of Matt Corral in 2020, for my liking. So I think Lane is really trying to decide, all right, who's the guy that can actually lead my offense? Because they're both in the same class. The good news for them, their running game is phenomenal. I mean, they added Zach Evans, the transfer from TCU, Ulysses Bentley, who they have a lot of expectations for from SMU. But it's been Quinshawn Judkins, the, the, the guy who has just emerged as a star, as a true freshman. He's PFS highest graded running back in the SEC. He, he has a burst that I think is going to play really well in the SEC. So it's been a weird start for Ole Miss. Their, their schedule starts off so favorable, though, that they can kind of be this weird team that lacks an identity for a little bit. Even this weekend, they're two touchdown favorites. So I think they're going to figure some things out offensively just in terms of who they are and who they want to be. All right, Connor, let's bring things more local here. Auburn and Penn State, big-time matchup in the SEC this weekend. Uh, Auburn had to go up there and face the whiteout last year, and now Penn State's coming down south to face uh, this Auburn crowd. Have you seen the whiteout in person, and how do you think it compares to uh, to what Auburn can be when it's cranked up? You know, I haven't seen the whiteout in person, and I need to. I, I definitely need to. That's one of those places that I have not been to. And I, you know, going to I gra- having graduated from a Big Ten school and I haven't covered – Big Ten football for a handful of years. I, I didn't necessarily get to make that trip, and I wish I did because it's incredible. I mean, in terms of a site, it's second to none. Now, they're 9-8 and eight in whiteout games, right? Like, that's what we kind of forget. And it's weird that they wear the Navy uniforms, even though it's a whiteout. I don't get why they do that. Maybe it'll be an orange out this weekend. That's kind of the expectation. That's what everybody's been talking about. But I, I do think that the atmosphere at Jordan-Hare should be second to none. It, it should be phenomenal because – we get fired up for these non-conference games with Power 5 programs that actually have some history to them. And that's exciting to see, and it kind of creates a little bit of that different juice. Who knows, maybe some uniforms will add a little bit more juice to it. I can't imagine they got this fired up just because they were changing the color of the face mask. I do think that we will probably see a little bit of a different kind of energy early on. Whether or not that translates to Auburn playing a 60-minute game, that might be a different discussion. What do you think are the big things to know about this Penn State football team going into week three? I mean, we're familiar with Sean Clifford having been the quarterback against Auburn a season ago, but his top target, Jahan Dotson, is now catching two touchdown passes for the Commanders this past weekend. What do we need to know about this Penn State team on the field for this season? So you know when you go through a neighborhood and you'll see a sign on a fence that says, beware of dog? (laughs) I feel like we should have that for Joey Porter Jr. You should be aware (laughs) of who Joey Porter Jr. is. He might be the best cornerback in college football. And just ask Aiden O'Connell about picking on him. It's a bad idea. It's a really bad idea. And he was phenomenal in that game last year as well during the whiteout. And he's somebody that if T.J. Finley insists on throwing his way, that's not going to end up well. It's just not going to. So I do think that the key for Auburn is finding that offensive identity and finding it early. If they can have two scoring drives in the first probably in the first quarter of this game, that'll do a lot to kind of settle this team down. They want to be able to play ahead. They want to be able to run the football. They want to have some big throwing windows for T.J. Finley. If Penn State is putting Finley in those spots where it's obvious throwing situations and he does kind of have to pick on those corners, that's going to be a rough formula for success. But Penn State, they're going to leave that window open a little bit because that's what Sean Clifford does. A lot of people compare Sean Clifford to Bo Nix. They say that he is Big Ten Bo Nix. And I don't have to explain to Auburn fans of what exactly that roller coaster experience is like, but there will be opportunities for Auburn. It's just a matter of being able to take them. 
as a radio host here on the Plains, it's my civic duty to make sure everyone's voice that's heard on this show talks about the quarterback spot for the Tigers. And so I'm going to do that now with you, Connor. Uh, you mentioned TJ Finley there a little bit, but for two games, we've seen a lot of back and forth between Robbie Ashford and TJ Finley. We sat down with you at SEC Media Days and had tons of conversation about a man named Zach Calzada, who's not even factoring in right now whatsoever. So give us a little bit more your take from the outside looking in on this quarterback room. Not great, Bob. Not great. <laughs> um, look, I, I wonder how bad it's been for Calzada. It, because all the expectation it felt like there was coming out of media days was that he's going to be able to take this job and kind of run with it. And instead, you know, we hear about the shoulder issues and that he's just not at the level to be able to execute their offense. And we've seen the good and bad so far, I think, from Robbie Ashford as well, albeit in an atypical role. Robbie Ashford's going to be involved no matter what. But we're seeing potentially a situation that's reminiscent of Florida last year, right? Anthony Richardson, he's this guy that's emerging, and you know that he's raw, but he's so unbelievably talented. He's an X-factor. And at what point do you say, well, our quarterback, our starting quarterback, is making a lot of mistakes, and he doesn't have the same upside as the guy that's behind him, and maybe we need to give him that full allotment of reps. I don't know that that all of a sudden changes this game. Dan Mullen certainly struggled with it last year. But I do think that T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford have a unique dynamic right now. And I'm not sure that it's really beneficial for T.J. Finley to have Robbie Ashford looking over his shoulder. I don't know that T.J. Finley would be great without him either. But I do have concerns about what he's going to do against this defense and what we've seen from him in situations in which he's been asked to throw the ball 25 times a game. Numbers aren't great. He's averaged, I think, what, 5.7 yards per attempt in those six games. And their offense is averaging 17 points a game when he's done that. So I'm skeptical about T.J. Finley this weekend. Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South here with us. Uh, Promote a couple of the recent episodes you've had with the Saturday Down South podcast. Connor, what's been going on over there? Yeah, we had uh, had Trayvon Diggs on today, the all-pro corner for the Cowboys. Yeah, he's uh, he's promoting underwear. Actually, um, yeah, he and his brother, yeah, he and his brother Stephon Diggs promote some underwear. So uh, it was great to be able to have him on talk about his career at Alabama, switching to corner, how Saban made him cry when they had their conversation. Um, a lot of fun stuff to be able to get to with him. I did definitely suggest that his son should take. Um, Skip Bayless's job as the host of Undisputed. I think he'd be great in that role. Um, but yeah, fun conversation. Saturday Down South podcast. Join. Uh, find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, and then SaturdayDownSouth.com. We have a lot of great content out. Matt Hayes does tremendous work for us as well. Lots and lots of stuff that's looking ahead to week three. We're going to be recapping all the action this weekend. College football midseason, man. What more can you want? Promoting underwear, man. That's got to be a first for anybody in the biz to have a right. podcast about that. That's amazing. He was good too. He's, they have uh, he and Stefan. It's they're, uh, they 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 call them, and this is their words, not mine. Yeah. they are called the chief. They are called the chief ball officers. <laughs> and look for two guys that catch passes for a living. I mean, one of them, and from a defensive standpoint, right. one of them from an offensive standpoint. Perfect. You know, that's uh, it's, it's an interesting title that they have. But yeah, they're they're rolling with it. They're having a lot of fun and doing some big things. Thanks for the time today, Connor. Be well. Enjoy football this weekend, and we'll catch up soon. Sound good? Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. All right, that's our buddy Connor O'Gara joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. What do you guys think about all that? That's good stuff. I, I feel like I need some new underwear. I need, I need to go listen to that podcast for yeah. sure to hear the Diggs family talking about this. I'm going to say, are, are we missing a sponsorship opportunity? I, it might be. Call? 
I look, Trevon Diggs went to Alabama. I know this is an Auburn show, but I mean, for for the right price tag. I mean, I'm just we'll saying. Promote for anything. That, I mean, not. I mean, I'm just. Saying I can promote. be bought. I'm just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can be bought. I can be bought in a heartbeat. <laughs> I can for Trevon Diggs' money. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I stuff. don't know. If we'd get enough as much as Trevon Diggs, but no, I mean, it's some of his money. It, it would be some. Something. I'm not playing quarter in the NFL. I'm talking about underwear. I'm not expecting. You know, how much is he making? Like three million dollars a year, something like that. He's still in his rookie deal, isn't he? He is. Yes. Yeah. So it's not too much. Yeah. Uh, let's get one phone call here before the end of the hour. Eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger Nine to be on the program. We go to the phone lines now, and we have got our good pal Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into Sports Call. Hi, Matt. Hey, JJ. Hey, Brooke. Hey, hey man. Brent. Yep, hello. What's up, Brent? Brent's out of the studio right now. It's just me and Brooks. Hey, well, I was gonna do some college I was gonna do some college football picks. Okay, go right ahead. What games do you want to pick? I wanna do I I wanna do all of them. I wanna do like a, a Miami Miami versus X A M. Okay. I got Miami winning uh, uh when a score when Auburn beat uh, San Jose State was it forty six to? We beat San Jose State twenty four to sixteen. Yeah, I say twenty. I, I say that score for Miami, Miami against Texas A on that game. Okay. And then LSU and Mississippi State. Uh, I got the dogs. You got the Bulldogs uh, of Mississippi State beating LSU. Okay. Uh, I got that one. Um. 43 to 10. 43-10. That's a good thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about South Carolina and Georgia? I'd have to go to the dogs again on that game. All right. It's probably a good pick. Probably a good pick. What about BYU and Oregon? I think I I think I picked uh I think I picked Oregon. Bo Nix and Oregon. Yeah, I there you go. I got Oregon big time, and then I'll give you a score on the uh, BYU. The, uh, um, the Oregon game, I got Oregon uh, 48-45. 48-45, that's a fun one. Shootout. That's a fun one. All and right. Then, and then, like, uh, my uh, Miami playing Texas A&M, right? Correct. Yeah, okay, you said do... you said that score was going to be twenty four sixteen. Okay, yeah, and then BYU, did I give you that score. You did just give us that score, yeah, forty eight forty five. Okay, and Bama, I got Bama winning big time. I got Bama winning uh, sixty nine to nothing. Okay, wow, big win for them. Yeah, big for win, Terry Bowden. Nice. Yeah, and then there's uh, who else is playing? And Auburn, Auburn, yeah. Auburn, Auburn, Penn State. That's your last one. Go ahead. Forty-three to. Uh, oh, I got one. You guys gonna, you guys gonna love this score. I got a T-shirt, but it has all the scores on it. I gotta find it. Let's see. Uh, Auburn, Auburn sixty-two. 
Penn State three. Wow. Yeah. Massive win for Auburn. That'd be a whole lot of fun. All right, Brooks, let's do the cheer with Matt here. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. War Eagle. Hey. Beat Bama 48, 45, 63, 13. Booyah. Bama, we're going to give you four seconds. All right. We're going to knock you guys out. Very and good. For all the way. And if, hey, JJ, if we beat Penn State, you got to play the, my favorite song. Or I want to do it. When, when, we can when. do it. We can do it. All right, buddy. Be on your best behavior. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks for the call. Hey, Brooke, hey, Brooke don't forget to tell your fiance. I said, hey, we're going to tell Brent. He's out. He owes his $20. All right. I'm very sure good. To tell him. War Eagle. All right. That's our pal Matt from Tallahassee. Joining us there on the program. One hour has concluded. Thanks to Connor O'Gara for being on the show with us. Retired Ward M. Steve due up next here on Sports Call. Back in a moment alongside Brandon Daughtry and Brooks, J- Brooks JJ. Brooks Childress. I can't say names now. Uh, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry. We gave away Auburn football tickets earlier today, and we're going to give away some more a little bit later in the program. Keep listening to our show to find out how you can win some so that you can go and watch Auburn football take on Penn State this weekend from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Thanks again to Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South for joining us on the program. Always fun to chat with him. It's always cool to – like, that's a big name, right? Connor O'Gara – Tons and tons and tons and tons of followers online. A major social media presence. A great journalist. He's on the Fine Bomb Show and other big college football uh, talking podcasts a lot. He's interviewing the Diggs brothers. It's cool to get those guys outside perspective on how they assess things for Auburn football. And especially a guy that, you know, he writes for Saturday Down South, but he also writes for Saturday Tradition, which is the Big Ten affiliate, and that works perfectly this week as the Auburn Tigers get ready to take on the Big Ten opponent, Penn State. Yeah, he mentioned, as uh, as Brent was asking him, hey, have you been to the whiteout before? Not quite. Uh, Connor O'Gara, a graduate of Indiana, the Sean Shivers 
uh, powerhouse football team this season. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I do. A pre- that's a good point, Brooks, that he's got the Big Ten perspective as well. So that was a great interview, a great conversation. And the best part about it is that if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it. If you listen to it and you want to hear it again, you can go back and listen to it and you can do all of those things on our Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 to be on the program. Back to the phone lines we go. Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve has called in. Hello, Steve. Well, hello. It's about time, guys. Yes. Gee, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, I'm retired and I'm stubborn. <laughs> What's going on? Right, good afternoon. Let's go. Hey, it was a great conversation you had with the uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday Down South uh, uh, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, what I, I'm finally uh, just fine to me, uh, a head scratcher is, I know you're giving away tickets, and that's fantastic, uh, even though I've got mine already uh, with our daughter, but I read on L.com, apparently there are maybe a few thousand tickets uh, still available from StubHub and some other places, and I thought this game would be a, a no-brainer for a, a sellout, guys. What what did I think wrong? Well, Steve, it, 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 Auburn football announced that it has officially sold out the game. But when you look at a sellout, you know StubHub and all the secondary markets, they are get the those are people that already bought their tickets and they're selling them, they're reselling them. So Auburn football has officially announced this game as a sellout. But it just depends on it, you know a lot of people. So, you know, some people get their tickets and decide, hey, I can't make it this weekend. Or some people buy the tickets and with the you know intention to just immediately resell them for profit. And so that's what you're seeing on like StubHub and Vivid Seats and TickPick and all these secondary sites. But all, uh, I believe the the graphic I saw yesterday from Auburn uh, football tweeted out that it is officially a sellout. Okay, so really that AL.com article was somewhat misleading then. Yeah, that, I'm going to say the the. Uh, the Auburn official uh, uh, yesterday they tweeted out, put it on Instagram that the game was sold out. But all you know, you're going to see, you're still going to see a lot of tickets on AL or on a uh, uh, StubHub and everywhere. People reselling tickets. Yeah, they also sold there, and I thought it'd be more than that. A lot of uh, of the uh, Penn State uh, fans, but only they said I think six thousand two hundred tickets were allotted to uh, Penn State. Uh, am I correct on that? If they're saying if if that's what they put in there, I would think think that would be correct. I haven't seen an exact number, but you know when you it you would think that's a little low. But then you know you also think about they're having to you know most Penn State fans are traveling from a long ways away, and it may not be as big of a demand. All right, well uh, let's go to the Saturday game real quickly. You know I've read people's you know uh, key uh, you know uh, plays or 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 keys to the game to win. Okay. Uh, this is what I've come up with, guys, and I think even Anthony uh, and uh, Jeff and the rest of the listeners would agree uh, on, on this. This, is the, the, to me, is the key uh, for Auburn to win this game Saturday, okay? And you can mark it down. What you got? All, all Auburn's got to do is score one more point to Penn State and we win. <laughs> We're going to seal that analysis for the rest of the week. I like it. All right, write it down. Write it down. Okay, uh, Lauren Sisler and Mr. Cole Kubik on their head-to-head at both pitches to win, which surprised me. Uh, Ms. Cole, uh, Kubelik, interesting, said he expects this to be a really, really low-scoring game. I do, too, but the low-scoring game, he picked, he said it could be as low as 10 to 7. Wow. Yeah, that'd be surprising. Uh, very surprising. All right, moving on uh, to more important things. Uh, I've got a quote from this uh, person. You may know him. Um, and he said this, Chris Hummer is his name, from, I guess, CBS Sports. Right. Uh, he said this. 
and I won't tell you who he said it about and see if you can guess it. According to Intel I received this week, blank is getting more respect than they don't than they deserve. And in fact it's my lock of the week. Who is the team he's referring to that he thinks uh, are getting more respect than they really deserve? Uh, Texas A&M? Mm, that would have been my guess. No. Okay. Yeah, but I would say a A&M. Who is it? Is is it is a West team. It is a West team. Arkansas? It's us. Oh, okay. Now, I thought it was odd that he said, we're getting more respect than we deserve. What kind of respect are we getting, guys? We've been trashed up and down. Well, by a lot of teams, yeah. By a lot, of, I've seen a lot of people pick Auburn as a double-digit favorite. I mean, a lot of people have opinions on this game, and you know, I, I, that's where I'm. That's where I kind of am. It could go either way, honestly. And what does he mean when he says, "According to Intel, I received this week"? No idea. I, I, have, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I don't know. Me neither. Okay, moving on. Now, this one is for the Alabama people, Mr. Anthony. And I heard your prediction, which surprised me. Because I thought. You're going to have us getting a, a smackdown this weekend. But you said 2020, I think, Anthony, right? Uh, at the half? Yeah, all he said was a, a 2020 halftime score, and then uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I, I mentioned Luke because, and I respect Luke's uh, you know, uh, viewpoint, although I disagree with him sometimes. But, you know, he's been uh, pretty much anti uh, game expansion, right? Right. Well, your man says otherwise, Luke. This comes from Mr. Alec. Or end of the uh, Athlon Sports. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you read it? I did not, know. Saban said? Yes. He said, uh, Saban cites players skipping meaningless bowl games as a primary reason why playoff expansion is a positive step for the sport. Here's what he said in quotes. Bowl games are not something players want to play in. Now players opt out of that if, not, if it's not part of the playoffs. Therefore, I'm for expanding the playoffs, he told back on the record with Bob Costas. So there you go, Luke. Even your man says, yeah, it's good for, uh, for college football to expand it. Yeah, well, uh, it looks like it's happening, and uh, I'm excited to see what the product looks like. And, and now that Saban is endorsing it, maybe that'll uh, make a lot more people feel okay with it. And then this article from Mr. Kevin Skarbinski. I could not read the entire article because it's behind a, a firewall. Yes, sir. But you had to catch it. It's called, Who's the Best? at paying people not to coach. No, I haven't seen that story. Well, who who do you think are the ones that he mentioned are in the top two? They're the best at paying coaches not to coach any longer. Knowing, knowing, knowing Kevin Skarbinski and also the reputation that Auburn has garnered for the past couple of years, I'd probably say Auburn is up there. Yeah, which one are we? Number one or number two? No idea. Nebraska's number one. That's fair. And we are number two. So there you go. At least we made the top uh, two in some, some polls. Yeah. So he mentions this. This is over a 15-year period from 2005 to 2019. So I thought that was interesting. And I don't know who the other top ten teams may be because it's behind a, a, a firewall there. So, uh, Mr. J.J., I know you won't be able to be at the game because you're going to your younger brother's uh, wedding shower. Is that That's right? That's right. That's right. Will you be able uh, any way around where you can watch the game. Of course. Yeah, that, that's going to be a priority for sure to make sure I'm aware of uh, how those Auburn Tigers are doing. 
Okay. I mean, will it be during while the game's going on or before or after? Uh, I think it'll probably be a little bit of both. I, I think um, I'll, I'll have some time where I'm not affected by that, but uh, then definitely having to pay attention to two things at once. So. Okay. Well, ignore the other people and just watch the game then. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, Mr. Brent and uh, um, Mr. Brooks Childress, are you guys going to the game? They both will be there. Yep. Okay. Are we be on official business or just a spectator? One and one. Brant will be there with his family per usual, and Brooks will be up in the press box. All right. Well, I hope it gets so hot that uh, uh, the, their guys are having to fall down and take a timeout or, or whatever uh, happens there. So uh, we'll be at the game, and uh, I'm, I really am I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The uh, Sportsline computer uh, picks the game so close that they've made it 25 to 24. Penn State with a 50% projection. Uh, and I don't know how how, how could they've been uh, since last week, but apparently they, they they are not taking they're not going out limb to really predict uh, anyone's going to get you know slaughtered either, either way. Now I do uh, want to ask you this, guys. Okay. Uh, about uh, the game Saturday, do you see uh, because um, Stat Tiger says the only real um, he says uh, legitimacy that he sees putting in Ashford is on situational uh, situations or situational plays. Is that what you see as well? Uh, that, that's what I think Ashford's role is long-term uh, for this offense. I don't think that they trust him. I, frankly, I don't think they trust him to really throw the ball that much. Uh, so I think he's – I've called it kind of a more complex wildcat, and I think that's what it's going to continue to be. Ashford's an incredible athlete, but if you're just going to run the ball every time he's in – you don't have to defend two-thirds of the field. So I, I I don't think that Robbie Ashford's going to really push T.J. Finley for that starting quarterback job. Now, I might be wrong. You know, I've been wrong before. Uh, but I, as of right now, that's where I see it standing. And, you know, the gentleman, uh, I've got his name again for Saturday. Is that down Connor O'Gara. Yeah, he made a comment, and I I, I, I take issue with it, again, for corner stat, Tigers uh, stats, about the, uh, I guess, you know, the accuracy and efficiency uh, on uh, – on passing by uh, by T.J. Finley because Stat Tiger said that uh, when he threw on first downs, he was 10 of 12 or 10 of 11 passes that went uh, for 10 or more yards on first down passes. Yeah, so it, I was he made that comment. It's interesting. From the outside looking in, T.J. Finley's stat lines are not great, but if you break them down by quarter, he's had incredible quarters in five of the eight that he's played. The problem is that the other three – he threw three interceptions, and and you can't have that. If Auburn's going to be successful moving forward, they need him to string together a, a full football game. Uh, and will he be able to do that? I don't know. Let it, I, I can't remember what exactly the numbers were, but pre-interceptions against Mercer and post-interception against San Jose State, he's like 20 of 25 for 250 yards and a touchdown. So he's had really good flashes, but he needs to string together four good quarters before uh, – before anybody gives any real respect to Auburn. Well, according to Cole Kublick on his head-to-head uh, video, he said that here's what he needs to see uh, from Finley that he has not seen so far, uh, even last week's team, and that is he needs to allow the offensive line to protect him and stay in the pocket. He says he's still uh, leaving the pocket too early. You guys agree with that? that that's not what I've seen, no. I, I think Finley is standing in the pocket fine I don't think he's bailed out too early and I you know I haven't watched as much film as I'm sure Cole has but just from my perspective I I don't think that's his biggest issue okay so that's what I've got I'll be at the game and as I've 
said to you guys before, you know, I'm going to be limited at the game to six words in my vocabulary. It's either going to be war damn eagle or get his ass. <laughs> Love it. And, and, and that is it. Uh, that's what I'm sticking with. And, of course, I'm taking Auburn in the points because, you know, I'm down in the hole by $2,200 after the bookies. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking another $1,000 on Auburn, and I'm going to take it on the money line. Because if I do that, then I'm out of the hole. So uh, let's see uh, how we do, guys. So enjoy your time with your friends and your family. Uh, hopefully they're both with uh, <laughs> you, JJ, That's right. in Asheville. And uh, you guys enjoy the game while you're there. Have a relaxing time, guys. No matter what happens, war damn eagle always. And uh, – Talk to you on Monday. Talk to you soon. That's our good buddy, retired Warren Steve, joining us, joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 If you want to be a part of Sports Call, let's keep these phone calls going as we go back to the phone lines. Tony from Tuskegee. Tony has called into Sports Call here today. Hi, Tony. All right. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? All right. All right. Yeah, I, I watched the game Saturday. I watched all the game and... Um, I think more than anything, if you got a quarterback, I watch T.J. Finley get in a rhythm, sort of a rhythm. I'm not saying perfect or no by no means, but when you start substituting the quarterback after he's completed two, three passes or three passes in a row, don't you think that sometimes take a person out of rhythm? I think it possibly. I think it certainly can, but I think part of the rhythm of this offense that they've been working on has been rotating at quarterback. He's treating it the same way you treat running back or wide receiver. And I, while yeah. I while I don't love that, and I would rather see Brian Harson stick with one guy, and I think that's the way this offense is going to move, and you're going to use Ashford situationally. I think while you're still trying to figure out this battle and and give both guys reps in live action, I don't mind it nearly as much. But I, I would expect to see that rotation cut down a little bit this Saturday. Yeah. And you all watched that um, Alabama game also, huh? Or some of it. Yeah, against Texas. Yeah. Nah, I know this is all of a show, but I really think that game is was more or less like when the first year Alabama played Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin and Steve, uh, Steve Sarkeesian is probably the best play call of the college football. And they knew everywhere on the field a defensive player would have been. But with that being said, I think that made Alabama more dangerous early in the year. And um, Yeah, we'll see. How, once you've been tested early in the season and you survive those tests, it's going to build confidence for a football team. So we'll see if that's the case here for uh, the Crimson Tide. Yeah. Are you all taking scores for the Auburn Penn State game? Give me one. What you got? I like thirty-five seventeen Penn State. Okay. All right. We appreciate I mean, it. Uh, uh, if, if not, if Finley gets in and get in rhythm, I like Auburn. Right. But if he, you know, if he, you know, if he just not in sync and they just. That'd be, that'd be reason to like Penn State. I yeah. understand. I understand. Yeah. Well, have a good but weekend, a, Tony. Yeah, but a feeling sink, I, I like all. Good deal. Good deal. All right. Thanks. Be good. All right. That's uh, Tony from Tuskegee joining us on the program. 334-887-3401. Tony in Tuskegee. Now we're going to go to Chris in Valley. Chris, how are you, man? What's going on, guys? How good to hear from doing? you. We're well. We're well. We're getting ready for this game. 
Man, it's it's uh, we're starting the week. Uh, I don't know if you guys are going to watch tonight, but Kansas City and uh, the Chargers. Can't I, wait I for that one. Gonna, man, I imagine we're going to see some points tonight. You know, you know this could be this could be a big AFC game uh, later on down uh, later on in the year, um, depending on what happens tonight. It's it's early. A lot of these divisional opponents are going head to head, like Cincinnati and Pitt last week. Um, you know, but it, it's really interesting to see Kansas City roll the way they did last week. Um, I was very surprised, and uh, Patrick Mahomes is as good as we said, we thought he was. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, move, move, move pieces around, move them in, move them out. Didn't know how he's going to be without Tyree Kill. But anyway, here nor there, I'm going to talk about Penn State because I don't think I'm going to get to uh, call in tomorrow. But I'm just going to get my thoughts. I would 100 percent believe this is about to be a a a a dog fight. Um, I believe it, it's. I, I believe it's going to go down offensive line, defensive line. I'd like to see Auburn run the ball. I, I'd like. I'd like to see Auburn minimize the passing game and just. We're, we're averaging four to five yards, um, just about every carry. And I, I just like to see the offensive line just take over the game, keep the ball out of the air. Obviously, you know. Just minimize it and just and just let the trenches. I mean, you know, we're we're down south. I, I believe I believe we we have one of the one of one of the best offensive lines in the country. Um, that's just my thoughts. And uh, you know, Tank is, Tank has shown this year to to have stepped it up a different level in my opinion than, than I've seen from from years prior, which is which is saying something. Um, and you know, put Ashford in there. You know, he's, like we talked about earlier, the problem is he doesn't he doesn't normally hand it off. But I mean, put him in there for a design run. But I, I just I'd like to see our offensive line just just dominate the defensive line, and let's just let's get this bad boy in the end zone. But I, I do I think seventeen ten ball game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's seventeen twenty, but I don't I I don't see how anybody can say thirty five. I just I, I don't see that. I think all, I think our defense is I think Auburn's defense is is too good to allow 35 points from from Penn State. I I just don't see that. Um, I think maybe a 24-17 game, but I I just don't see it going into the 30s. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm with you. I think Auburn's defensive front is going to really be really going to beat up on Penn State. Their their offensive line has has struggled so far this year, and they've struggled consistently. Uh, I think Auburn's going to learn from their mistakes of last year of not getting enough guys in that pass rush. I really do think that Auburn's going to to bring heavy pressure on Sean Clifford. Uh, and here, I, I'm with you on the the run the ball thing. I, I think. Uh, well, you look at statistics and you look at the guys they have. Penn State has one of the best secondaries in the country. They are a very, very good secondary, uh, but their linebackers are very, very young and very, very untested. Uh, and I'm with you. I think Auburn's offensive line can – can I don't know if they will, but I think they can uh, really eat up front and, and you know let, let Tank Biggs be the best, be the best he can be. Uh, I, I think that Auburn does lean on the running game because that is what Auburn needs to focus on, and that's where Penn State has question marks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just – I just can't see it, you know. And and you go back, they scored. It was Pitt and uh, Pitt and them in the first first game of the year. Watch that game, you know. And it's overreaction that first week. And really, I, I don't know what we're going to see from Penn State this week. Um, you don't really know what you're going to see from Auburn either. I mean, you know, Mercer and San Jose State. You know those right. 
I'm not going to discredit either one of them because obviously last week I, I don't know how motivated we really were to play that game last week uh, and how over overlooking you know San Jose State we was. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see this weekend. It's, it's going to be interesting. I, I definitely think the game is going to be one in the trenches, though. Um, who gets the most pressure? How many mistakes? Does that does that defensive line cause, and how well can can your offensive line protect your quarterback and, and, and get downfield for block? So that that's just my prediction. I, I really think it's going to be twenty seventeen Auburn. I, I, I really believe that. Um, you know, and hopefully we get in the red zone, we score. That that's the biggest thing. Don't don't take field goals. We we've got to get in the end zone. Um, with year in year out, past few years we've gotten down there, and we just, we just can't put points on the board. And field goals, you know, you know, you, you got to get touchdowns to win the game. I mean, not always, but it, right. it helps. It absolutely helps. Well, we'll see what happens. Right. We got a good one tonight, like you said, in the NFL, and then a uh, big fun Auburn game on on Saturday, and more NFL on Sunday. So, Chris, good to hear from you. We'll talk to you next week. Sound good? Appreciate it, guys. All right, that's Chris from Valley joining us here on sports call as we've got to go to a commercial break we've got some bills to pay on the other side of this commercial break james is back on sports call james is here with us right after this commercial break you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au this is philip lolly former auburn tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 national championship team and you are listening to sports call All right, welcome back into Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Dauntry and Brooks Childress. A lot of great phone calls already on today's show. If you would like to be a part of the program, 334-887-3401. That's the phone number to call to chat with us here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Auburn versus Penn State coming up on saturday we've got nfl games including the chiefs and chargers a little bit later tonight an off day for the atlanta braves the mets did lose again last night so the braves are only a half game behind the mets for the lead in the national league eastern division so tons to discuss here on the program and anything you want to talk about in the wide world of sports your phone calls are welcome to the phone lines we go 334-887-3401 and joining us james from montgomery james is on sports call hello james hello and war eagle war eagle I know a lot of people have been uh, doing their uh, game day predictions that's going to be this weekend, and I got a big one. Oh, no. What you got? I have Auburn winning 56-26. to 26. Wow. That's a 30-point win for Auburn. Yes, 56-26 to 26 and a two-point conversion, so that will make it 58-28. to 28. So both teams get a two-point conversion. Well, actually, for Auburn to actually um, 
you know, to get a two-point conversion as well. And that will make Penn State trying to, you know, trying to catch up with that with that 58 um, score. But I don't think Penn State is going to actually take this win. So I think this is going to be um, – we're, we're just going to take candy from a baby. So this is just going to be a little small um, redemption to Penn State as well. Yeah, I mean – Taking candy from a baby. I, I like that uh, analogy you got there. We're the Tigers, and they're the Lions. So it's like a battle of the big cats. That'd be kind of a, a crazy thing to watch on National Geographic if you ever saw Tigers and Lions fighting. Oh, oh yeah, that that would actually actually sum it up right there as well. I mean, I mean, if I was there, I mean, it it would be really loud in Jordan Hare Stadium as well because I mean, we are we we actually have a loud roar because we are the Tigers and we are going to bring it this afternoon uh, this coming up weekend on 2:30 so it's going to be it's going to be loud and it's it's just going to be a loud game as well yeah how loud is your roar oh man i mean when i was actually at a uh, home game uh last couple of years ago i think we played during homecoming and i was so loud when we played against alabama state all of the alabama state fans didn't even say a word wow you got a roar for us can you do one um maybe tomorrow okay we can't wait we can't wait. Uh, what would you think ha- would happen if a tiger fought a lion? Oh man, it would be it, it would just have to be like bloody type type stuff as well. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right about that. Uh, you got a prediction for LSU and Mississippi State? Um, I'm actually going with Mississippi State on this one because I know we do play them in October. So I will have to say for Mississippi State, I have them 48 to uh, 28. Okay, 20-point win for Mississippi State. What about Georgia and South Carolina? Um, I'm taking South Carolina on this one because I know they're playing at home. So that will be 38 to 21. Okay, big win for South Carolina. That's the number one team in Georgia that they would be upsetting. What about number 13, Miami, versus number 24, Texas A&M? Miami Hurricanes or Texas A&M Aggies? I would have to say the Miami Hurricanes take this one with a a blow. Well, well, there are the Hurricanes, so they're going to blow Texas A&M away. So I'll probably say 66 to 26. Holy cow. Yes, uh, that's going to be a, 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 a big blow away for, um, th- for the Miami Hurricanes as well. Yeah, their mascot name must be fitting in that one. That's a big-time performance for them. Um, let, let's see. Let me, give you, uh, let me give you one more. What about number 20 Ole Miss at Georgia Tech? You've got some Rebels taking on the Yellow Jackets. It's not fun to be stung by a Yellow Jacket. Um, it's really not, but I'll have to say I will go with Georgia Tech, actually 38 to 20. Okay, 18-point victory. You ever been stung by a yellow jacket before? Um, 
Actually, I have. I actually have got stung by a yellow jacket. So I am, you know, I'm kind of, I've been recovering from that sting. So it's, um, it's a very painful sting as well. Yeah, anytime that happens, it's never fun. Put some ice on it and hopefully the pain starts to go away after a little while. But uh, yeah, they could be feisty little creatures. Yes, they can, and I would like to see Auburn and uh, Georgia Tech actually play in the near future. That as could well be a classic matchup. Yeah, it will be a classic matchup and a historic matchup um, once again in uh, in Auburn. And believe it or not, Auburn and Georgia Tech actually did play. Um, they actually did meet up one time um, back in Auburn uh, years ago. That's right. They have played before, and I would love to see that rivalry come back for those two teams to go head-to-head against each other. So week three of the season, do you have updated college football playoff predictions? You got four teams that are going to make the playoffs now? Um, yes, I actually do have my four teams that are going to be making the, the college uh, football playoffs this year in Atlanta. I have at number one, I have Texas A&M. At number two, I have Notre Dame. At number three, I have Texas. And at number four, I have Oregon. <laughs> All right. Wow, um, that, a little surprising with some of those teams. Why do you like A and M? They had a, a bit of a, a they didn't have a good loss uh, as Appalachian State beat Texas A and M last week. Yeah, I did uh, wanted to put Texas A and M in there, but I'm gonna uh, just see how Texas A and M is actually gonna do this weekend because I know they did play against Appalachian State because I was trying to root for Appalachian State because um, with. With the um, Camellia Bowl that's coming up on December the 27th, I'm actually looking at some teams uh, that will make it um, to the trip to Montgomery. So um, I'm actually looking at these four teams that might make it. So I don't know who's going to actually make um, the trip to Montgomery as well. Yeah, I actually, James, a few years ago, I saw Appalachian State play at the Camellia Bowl when they played Ohio University. I had a buddy with the Ohio football program, and then my buddy Jake went to Appalachian State, and I went to the game with them. Yes, They've been to Montgomery before. Yes, I actually was. I was actually. Were you at that game too? Yes, I was. Wow, we were at the same game. Yes, I'm always, um, always interested to go to uh, the Camellia Bowl because it's right in my hometown and I've been going for the past 10 years so this year will make it 11 this will be my 11th time uh, appearing at the Camellia Bowl as well yeah you're like a celebrity appearance at this point I reckon <laughs> yes I am so I'll, I am uh, from Montgomery so um, I, I have a lot of different ties with the uh, Crampton Bowl. I've had so many great experiences at the Crampton Bowl this year. And for the first time this year, I will be going to the Southern League playoff in Montgomery to see my Montgomery Biscuits take on the Pensacola Blue Wahoos for the first time as well. That's going to be a fun, fun game between those two teams. Yes, it will be a fun game, and after the game, I'm actually taking a group photo with the Montgomery Biscuits to actually put myself with them as well if they win on uh, September the 20th as well. And then are you going to post it on Twitter? 
Um, they will post it the week after uh, the game. It will be yeah. on their Twitter feed as well. We got to see a picture of you at the game. That'll be fun. Yeah, it's that as well because this will be um, my last time actually for this year yeah. uh, rooting for the Montgomery Biscuits. So it's going to be um, very sad for for those guys to actually see me go as well. But it'll be right back in April, so we won't have to wait too long until another season starts up. <laughs> Yes, as well. And then this coming up October, I will be going for the first time this year. Since um, since post-pandemic, I will be going back to the Alabama National Fair again. So this will be my first time this coming up October of going. So I go every year, and it's amazing, actually. Maybe you can invite Olivia to go with you. Well... Um, I've been trying to ask and we have, um, you know, when we're like volunteering, we, we have so much, uh, stuff that's going on. So we don't have too much as well. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's just an idea to put out there. You ready for some trivia? I am ready for some trivia as well. Here we go. All right. You ready for your Beatles trivia? Yes, I am. All right, James. So the iconic... Beatles cover where they're crossing Abbey Road. Which Beatle crossed Abbey Road first? Was it Paul, John, George, or Ringo? I know this one. Um, I would have to say that would be... That would actually have to be Paul. No, that's not right. It was John. John Lennon crossed the road first. Okay, yes, he actually did. I'll take that one back as well all right your next you ready for your next one mm-hmm all right what was the working title of with a little help from my friends was it Andy Jen's theme that's a nice hat granny Smith or bad finger boogie I will have to say that would be the first album that they ever did with help and I think that is the first one the Annie Jen's theme? The Annie Jen's theme album. Unfortunately, it's Bad Finger Boogie was the correct one. Okay, yeah. So it was that, that very first one yeah. that they've done. All right. You ready for your next one? Mm-hmm. Which album required over 700 hours of recordings? Was it Let It Be, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, White Album, or Abbey Road? I would have to say that would be Sergeant Peppa. You're correct. 700 hours of recordings. How, How about, about that? that? That's impressive, James. Yes, it is. Do you like the Let It Be song? Uh, yes, I actually do love uh, the Let It Be song as well. And it's a very, very good album. And, and it's a very good song as well, indeed. All right, you ready for your next one? Yes. Where were the Beatles originally formed? Was it Liverpool, Hamburg, Manchester, or London? That would have to be Liverpool. That's correct. Yes, go Liverpool. I love it. Yes, as well. And I do have a a slight um, insight on the Beatles. Did you know in 1969, they actually did their First tev- television performance on the Ed Sullivan show. That's amazing. Yeah. 
That's amazing. That got good exposure for them. Yes, it actually did get very great exposure in 1969 because that was the same year that they actually did um, one of their um, studio albums that they actually um, pre-released before um, they were actually making their uh, hit appearance here in America. They actually did a... um, an album that was um, right after John uh, Lennon actually went off and he did his own little thing and he did his own uh, solo album as well. And one of those solo albums that I actually sing for uh, karaoke concerts is Imagine. And I can actually sing that whole song from beginning to end. And people love that song as well. Wow, that's a that's an impressive song to be able to sing. Yes, and I've actually done it in so many different places. I've actually done it the last couple of summers ago. I was actually out in Panama City Beach, Florida, and I actually did a karaoke concert out there, and everybody loved it. They were thinking, you know, if I was going to do my own little karaoke concert, which I'm thinking about in the near future as well. I think that'd be a good idea. How does Imagine go? Um, I don't know the lyrics off the top of my head, but I would be back in Auburn sometime uh, in 2023, and I will be back in the Sky Bar Cafe when they do um, when they actually do karaoke. And I actually would like for you all guys to actually come and hear me perform that song as well. Guys, we got to do that. We got to go support James at uh, at karaoke. I'm down. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's pretty fun, and I'm a really fun person to be around as well. Uh, we 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 uh we could totally imagine that, James. That's for sure. That is for sure. Yes, as well. So I'm actually going to be watching a lot of college football games and a lot of uh, NFL football games as well. And then tonight, I'm actually watching the WNBA uh, finals as well. And I do have the Las Vegas Aces actually winning uh, game three, four, five, and six as well. Yeah, if they win tonight, they don't have to win anymore. It's over. (laughs) If the Aces win tonight, the series is over and they're WNBA champions and Becky Hammond's first season as a head coach. That'd be amazing for them. Yeah, so I am going to be rooting for the Las Vegas Aces to actually Me win too. as well. Me too. All right, buddy. Well, uh, you let us know what kind of trivia you want to do next time, and we'll talk to you soon. Give us a call tomorrow if you'd like, okay? All right, sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us on the program, and that brings us to the end of our number two of Sports Call. We've got to pay some bills to get to the top of the hour and then one final hour left to go of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Alongside Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress, I'm J.J. Jackson. Two hours in the books and we're rolling.
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with my pals Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress here with us inside the studio getting you set for another weekend of Auburn Tigers football as they get set to take on Penn State. All right, guys, we did this earlier in the program, and we're about to have a fun giveaway here in just a moment. But before we do that, before the fun festivities begin, let's give you a Daily Show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? All right, it's our Daily Show Recap. Brooks Childress, what has taken place on Sports Call today? A lot of sports talk. Continue to preview uh, the Auburn-Penn State football game coming up in less than 48 hours away. 48 hours from right now. We should be, it's a CBS game, so we should be at halftime right now. Um, So it is, uh, we're getting closer. Those games do take a little while. Every every change of possession, you gotta gotta have the commercial break thrown in there. We are providing goods and services. That's right. Uh, So we've had some great phone calls this afternoon from uh, a lot of our good friends, good callers that we continue to uh, love to listen to and have uh, love to hear their opinions. So make sure you give us a call whenever you can. Uh, We've also talked to uh, Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South and Saturday Tradition, uh, the SEC blog website and Big Ten website that they they put out some great stuff. He's also the host of the SEC or Saturday Down South pod. Uh, Some great, great stuff there. And so got to preview that with, uh, we got to preview the Auburn-Penn State game with Connor O'Gara and of course, we've had some uh, some fun on the show as well. We've talked a lot, and like I said, talked a lot about this Auburn-Penn State football game coming up. It's going to be fun uh, to be able to watch this game on Saturday and, and see if Auburn can win this football game. Penn State, the number 22 team in the country, a win like this could vault Auburn into top 25 discussion and set them up before they jump into SEC play. Still five straight home games to start the year for this Auburn football team. Penn State on Saturday, Missouri next weekend, and then LSU on Saturday, October 1st. It is going to be such an electric atmosphere inside Jordan-Hare Stadium that we want you to get to experience that. Let's give away a pair of tickets to Auburn and Penn State. Third caller. We'll do another third caller giveaway. 334 337-9999. You got to call our prize line, our prize phone line, a pair of tickets for Auburn football. 334-887-9999. Our guy Drew will be answering the phone for you. So I want to go to the game, Brooks. I'm going to say, if y'all don't call in, I'm going to be scalping the tickets outside (laughs) the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Standing outside Jordan here. Find a way 
to win these tickets. And the way to do that Dude, is yes. to be the uh, third caller into the program. I like that. That Thank was you. good. Thank you. I've, I've run into a lot of scalpers. <laughs> it's like you... <laughs> That was really, uh, that's never happened on the show before. We had someone, <laughs> we just heard a scalper on the yeah, program, yeah. Brooks. Yeah, wow. but look, that's everywhere. a first. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big game. I didn't I didn't have my headphones on, so I just leaned back away from the right. microphone. Was that, that sufficiently cra- that really not blowing people out? Right, and okay. it sounded like we were walking down the concourse uh, yeah, outside the stadium trying to find some tickets. 334-887-9999, giving a pair of tickets for Auburn what, what versus Penn of, State away. What type of hot dogs am I selling? Hot dog. I mean, do you just, like what? What? What do you? What do you think? Hot dogs. <laughs> what type of hot dogs? Am I, I don't know. Dogs. I don't know. It's just is it is it Kaneka? Yeah, is it Kaneka sausage? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. I think I'm done with the bit. I just All like right. the two tickets. That that was the great bit. All right, no, I, I, I've lost it. I'm getting silly. He got gun right. shy right there. I, I got, I'm getting silly. 334-887-9999 to win a pair of tickets for Auburn and Penn State on Saturday. Going to be an awesome atmosphere. It's going to be phenomenal. I mean, orange out, maybe, uh, you know, it, it trending the way that it's not going to be orange jerseys, which is uh, a little disappointing. Uh, after Had it, a lot of hoopla this had week. Had a lot of hoopla about orange jerseys, but... Got a graphic posted about uh, a few hours ago from Auburn football that said tradition, and it was a corner of the blue jersey. So, you know, it, it it's all the all the Auburn jer- or Auburn's blue jerseys look nice. They're going to run out there into an orange out, and as we've said, you know, it's it, it's going to be warm out there. So make sure you get some water in you, and uh, they're absolutely Hyd- hydrate, hydrate or dehydrate. Yeah. That's exactly right. Hydrate or dihydrate. Um, but it's going to be a fun act. First time a Big Ten opponent has come to uh, yeah. Jordan-Hare Stadium. Big time deal. It's going to be huge. Yeah, first, first time in Auburn's history yeah. uh, that they're going to be hosting a Big Ten program. So that's that should be pretty fun. I'll tell you all, can I, can I let you all in on what I really want to see Saturday? What do you really want to see? I want to I want to bring back the Orange Shadow. I want the orange shadow behind the numbers. I've seen a couple Twitter accounts posting that, too. Yeah, I've seen some people kind of like in the background, hey, this might be a possibility. They are, let me say, they are honoring like the 1980-something team this weekend, so. You know, I, someone has brought this to my attention. If Auburn wants to do jerseys like that, they would have, for Under Armour to get those specific jerseys, they'd need like a year's notice. Um, so, So it is not necessarily feasible for Auburn to get new jerseys in, in just one week. So it would have to be something that they planned out. Um, but like if they if they did plan it out, it's certainly possible. Um, w- with all that being said, I love the Orange Shadow. I want the Orange Shadow forever. Uh, I've said it before. I think I, – I haven't really given my opinion on the jerseys. I think that the blue jer- – I think white, blue, white is the perfect look. I think if Aub- when Auburn goes to – Two away games having the white face masks is absolutely perfect. I think with the home uniforms, you give, you give that orange face mask. I think that looks absolutely beautiful. I, I want that forever. I think orange is an accent color is absolutely perfect. Make it the secondary on absolutely everything. As a primary color, I just don't love it. And to help people out, given that radio is not a visual medium, when you said white, blue, white, you were pointing to your head, head, chest, your chest, legs. and then down to the legs. Yes. As in helmet. Jersey, Jersey pants. pants. Yes. There you go. So white, I, blue, white. We, I, I honestly think that Auburn with the white helmet uh, on – or the, not the white helmet. They're all white helmets. I think Auburn with the or, with the white face masks on the road, uh, that Stormtrooper look is just perfect. 
Big time congrats. Alice McCall has won a pair of tickets All right. for Auburn football. Let's go. Against Penn State. Congrats to Alice. Congrats, Alice. Getting to go to the game on Saturday. All right, we do this each and every day, fellas. Well, let's celebrate some birthdays. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports is brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. Max Credit Union has two convenient locations, one in Auburn on Gay Street and one in Opelika on Frederick Road to help you with all of your banking needs. Max Credit Union, proud presenting sponsor of Birthdays in Sports. Dan Marino. Can you believe this? Quarterback. 61 years old. Wow. Old. Uh, former Miami Dolphins quarterback, born in Pennsylvania and played at Pitt, where he started for four years. The Panthers. Threw for over 8,500 yards and 79 touchdowns. It's a lot. One-time All-American, his number 13 jersey, retired at Pitt. Drafted by the Dolphins, spent the entirety of his 17-year career in Miami. Do you think that's cool when they play for just one team? Absolutely. Yeah. You like Dan you Marino me, yes. is a Dolphin. Yeah, forever. I have been He's to Miami. I've been to Miami before. You ride by that stadium. It is on Dan Marino Parkway. <laughs> He's a nine-time Pro Bowler, five-time passing yards leader, three-time All-Pro, one-time league MVP. His number 13 jersey is also retired by the Dolphins, and he holds the NFL record for most wins without a Super Bowl by a quarterback. Are you proud of that if you're Dan Marino? No. Well, I think you're proud of what you accomplished over your career, but I think that does not. That Super would not at me. Yeah. That, would, that would not at me never winning a Super Bowl if I played for that long and I was that good. Happy birthday, Dan Marino. Terry McLaurin is 27 years old, a wide receiver for the Washington Commanders. Football. McLaurin was a four-star recruit in Indiana and won Mr. Football for his home state in 2014. Signed with Ohio State where he had over 1,500 yards and 19 touchdowns in four years. Take it in the third round of the 2019 draft by Washington, where he still plays today. And Terry McLaurin caught a touchdown pass this past weekend. He's 27 years old. O-H. I-O, baby. Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J's, turning 23 today. A forward with the Memphis Grizzlies, a top 10 prospect in the class of 2017, signed with Michigan State, played one year with the Spartans, where he was Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, as well as Conference Freshman of the Year, taken fourth overall by the Grizzlies in 2018. In 2022, he led the NBA in block shots. Jaron Jackson Jr., 23 years old today, a running mate alongside John Morant. Memphis, a very young, up-and-coming team in the NBA. They sure are. John Morant. Jason Terry is 45 years old today, former NBA guard and a current assistant coach for the Utah Jazz. Jazz. Jason Terry was born in Seattle. He led his high school to two state championships, then signed with Arizona, where he played for four years, won an NCAA tournament championship in 1997, Pac-10 Player of the Year in 1999, only player in Arizona history to finish with 1,000 career points and 200 career steals. Mm. Taken 10th overall by the Hawks in 1999 and played Ah. until 2018, the 2009 Sixth Man of the Year and won an NBA championship in 2011 with the Dallas Mavericks, defeating... My beloved LeBron James in the Miami Heat. Jason Terry is 45 years old. I'm sorry. His nickname uh, is also Jet. Dirk Nowitzki, wasn't it? Correct. That 2011 Mavericks team. Called him the Maggots. I was just sad that uh, it wasn't LeBron winning the championship. I don't think that would be a great name for for a team. (laughs) Dennis Schroeder is 29 years old today, an NBA guard. He played professionally in his home country of Germany. 
beginning in 2010 at age 15 and was drafted by the Hawks in 2013. Played for five years with the team and has since bounced around the league looking for his next deal ahead of this next season. He will be signed, uh, but right now waiting to find that best landing spot for him. Dennis Schroeder, 29 years old today. Nice little backup point guard. The Hawks tried to give him the keys to the franchise uh, at one point and it just didn't work out. But yeah. he's, he's a, he, can, he can be a, a first guard first guard off the bench somewhere and he was a, a great spurt i mean when the, the hawks were number one in the eastern conference the year they had five all-stars with jeff teague and al horford kyle corver schroeder was the guy right off the bench coming yep. in to replace jeff teague yep. was remarkable in that role and dennis schroeder is a basketball player that brooks childress can say he watched play an nba game i was gonna say we're, we've been accused of saying not positive things about players on their birthday and so i'm going to continue that trend oh, we've, man. Been, we've been accused i feel like we'd do it the uh the we're innocent until proven guilty, Brent, uh, which I'm proving right now. <laughs> All of these are recorded. The, the fir- my first ever NBA game was the Warriors at the Hawks. You got a lot of deleting to do. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder was having an amazing game. Just scrub it. Game. Just scrub the entire uh-huh. thing. He was having an amazing game. And then at the start of the fourth quarter, like the Hawks were beating the Warriors. And this, uh, this, this was like Kevin Durant Warriors, but Kevin Durant was not playing. Um, uh, Schroeder was having a great game. Start of the second half or fourth quarter, I don't remember which one, he does not get back on defense, and the Warriors get a very easy bucket. Uh, Budenholzer takes him out of the game, doesn't see the floor for the rest of the game. Hawks <laughs> lose. Tough. Coach Bud. Tough. But happy birthday, right? Happy birthday. <laughs> Hope Dan Marino is <laughs> we'll 61. Terry McLaurin, 27. Jaron Jackson Jr., 23. Jason Terry, 45. Dennis Schroeder, 29 years old today. You, me, Camberry in Atlanta in December watching the Hawks and the Lakers. On LeBron's birthday. Correct. Yeah. That's happening. That's happening. That's, I'm not going to let you forget because yeah. I really want to go to that. Yeah. Have you bought tickets yet? Not no. yet. All how right. I, how, I don't forget about anything. That's yeah. not true. You and I were supposed to golf and wrestle this offseason, and neither of those things happened. Yep. I still can't get over the wrestling one. That way, you challenged me. I know. I know. I feel like I'm going to get hurt. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Let's take our next break. Sports Call continues in a moment. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back into the program. Final few moments here of Sports Call today. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. Tiger Talk coming up tonight at 6 Woo! on FM Talk 93.9. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Andy Burcham previewed it yesterday on the show, guys. And uh, no Coach Harson tonight. Yeah. We've got all the coordinators plus Tank Bigsby scheduled to be featured on Tiger Talk this evening. Going to be uh, Going to be fun. Uh, what am I saying? It's going to be awesome to listen to those guys there you go. tonight on the program. You figured it out, I'm proud yeah, of you. Yeah, because you don't really get to hear, you know, we the media gets, Absolutely. To, gets to hear yeah, from good the point. coordinators preseason. You get a couple times where you get to talk to them in fall camp and everything. But after you get going, it is, you know, the only people you hear from out of the, uh, out of the football uh, room is 
coach, the head coach, and then some players. Every single week, it's just the head coach, so just some players. So you don't really get to go. You know, you don't really get to hear from the, the position coaches and some of the uh, the and the coordinators once you get the season going because everything kind of goes through the head coach. And so, great opportunity tonight with uh, Coach Harson not being able to be there. So can't wait to uh, can't wait to hear all of that. That's going to be a really fun show over there. It is. I can't wait to listen to it. Brad Law, Andy Burcham there, and they're going to have amazing guests on the Tiger Tailgate show as well, getting you set for Auburn and Penn State. And uh, I'm just ready for this game to get here. Yeah. This this week kind of has the like start of the season feel to it, where it's like, can we just get to the first game of the season? Uh, but this is another one, because those first two weeks, you know, we knew Auburn was going to win those football games and now yeah. it's a big test most likely the uh, auburn was going to, auburn was going to be heavy favorites at least and now you've gotten the you've gotten the paycheck games out of the way you've gotten your warm-up you've gotten your ramp uh up to this first big test and and look auburn's gonna have to execute auburn's gonna have to play well uh i think they can i don't know if they will i, I think this is going to come down to quarterback play sean clifford is kind of a known commodity he has his ups and downs people have called him the bonix of the big 10 i don't know how accurate that is but i it's that's the that's kind of the vibe that he has he has good games and he has bad games and he had the best game of his entire life against auburn last year so auburn's gonna have to come after him a little bit and get him off his rhythm and uh, they're going to have to interrupt him now. That Penn State's good; they have other players. But if you can get Sean Clifford off his rhythm, then uh, Auburn's defense has a chance to be really good. You think they can get him off his rhythm? I think so. I, I think last year a lot of him getting into his rhythm was Auburn rushing three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Auburn dropped eight, rushed three, far too much in that game for my taste. I think you do that when it's third and thirty-eight. You know, and when you're in downs and distances like that, is when you rush three. Um, and you try to cover every blade of grass. But uh, I think Auburn is going to bring four pretty routinely. They, they will bring five a couple of times, I think. Uh, I, I, and you've got two really good edge rushers. I, I, why not use them? Why not use both of them? Eculiota and Derek Hall have to have a good game, and I think they can. Penn State's offensive line has struggled. They, they gave up three sacks to Ohio last week. Uh, and so, again, I said this last week, teams that struggle giving up, giving up sacks know that Auburn has a pretty good defensive line. So they're going to game plan to get the ball out of the hands of the quarterback quickly. They're going to move that pocket around, make him make him be chased around a little bit. Uh, but I still think that when he just goes into straight dropbacks, Auburn has a good chance to get him to get him under pressure, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, another thing that people have noticed about Sean Clifford, he is a pretty average quarterback statistically during most of the game. You get him in two-minute drills, you get him going quickly, he becomes the next-level quarterback. He's really, really good at those two-minute drills. So I hope that Auburn has the ball at the be- at the uh, end of the first half for sure. And, and the fact, Brent, this is what i got to keep reminding myself too, this is a home game for Auburn. Like that yeah, crowd, absolutely. you talk about quarterback play, now it's Auburn's turn to be like, yes. you know what, Sean Clifford? This is going to be really loud. Yeah. This is a loud place to play. Yeah. And we the, the fans really can have an impact on what the offense of Penn State's trying to do. Here's here's what I'm thinking. Uh, Sean Clifford's not going to be too rattled uh, because Sean Clifford is a 60-year senior. He's 24 years old. Uh, he's my age. Sean Clifford is an old man for college football. So I don't think he's going to be super rattled. You've got to rattle everybody else on that offense, though, because no one else is as old as he is. Um, and, and you've got to get him off his rhythm. You've got to get everybody else off their rhythm. Yes, it, affecting the quarterback is a big deal, and I think Auburn can do that. But I think that the crowd is going to be more of a factor for the guys who are not Sean Clifford. Uh, and, and I think that if they can manage that, then you know the, the crowd's going to be absolutely a big factor in this game, especially if it's close, especially when it gets late. 
Um, Auburn's, Auburn's crowd knows when to crank it up, and they're really good at doing it. And I'm telling you, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, the intro video, the tunnel video that Auburn has used this year, uh, narrated by Will Herring, uh, former Auburn linebacker, there's an audio clip where they talk about the environment that is Jordan-Hare Stadium. And one of the clips that they threw in there is, it is louder than Penn State. Someone says that verbatim. And Auburn's got to show out. The fans have to show out, for sure. Brooks, what do you think? Uh, you know, I think we this Auburn team has got to play much better than they have the first two weeks. And, you know, you know, you got those two games out of your way. You, you kind of hope that when you look back at that film, you you know, you take away from it, you hope that it was a, a situation of Auburn playing down to their opponent a little bit because this Penn State team, you know, that they, they're a talented bunch, even though they're they're kind of young this year. Uh, we You know, we've talked to several people over the course of this week and uh, in interviews, and they've a lot of people have said the biggest matchup for the weekend is going to be that uh, Penn State offensive line versus that Auburn defensive line. And Derek Hall even talked about that when we got to talk to him earlier in the week, uh, or the media got to talk to him earlier in the week at uh, the Monday presser. He was talking about how they got some big boys on that line. You know, you you had some. You know, he he said that Mercer and uh, San Jose State were talented offensive lines, but. This is a different level, and so getting, like you said, Brant, getting pressure on that quarterback, getting pressure on Sean Clifford is going to be a, a really, really big key to this game coming up on Saturday. Also, you know, the uh, Connor Aguirre talked about the secondary for um, Penn State. You talked about the secondary for Penn State as well, Brant. They're they're talented bunch. They're really good, and you know this that's a that's a part of the ball that or a part of the offense that Auburn has wanted to get going is the passing game, but. I'll tell you what it's it's gonna they're up against a test this weekend, especially with a couple quarterbacks that have shown that they can you know make some mistakes for and I think I think this is really going to show you coming up this weekend who is uh which quarterback Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw trust the most for sure because you saw you know you saw week one you saw T.J. Finley with a little bit of Robbie Ashford sprinkled in until that second interception. Then you just saw Robbie Ashford. This past weekend, you saw T.J. Finley with a little Robbie Ashford sprinkled in until Robbie Ashford threw that interception. And then you mainly saw T.J. Finley. And so it's it's going to be really interesting to see what the game plan is coming out. Because, and, you know, we've talked about it several times this week that, you know, Robbie Ashford, they could have some sort of package in there for, you know, getting him in there and mainly being a two-quarterback system with him running. But as soon as you put him in there, if that if the defense knows that's what they're going to do, is if Robbie Ashford's in there and you, you know that they're going to run the ball, you can start keying in on that run and kind of trying to shut down Ashford. So this weekend's going to show you a lot of who is probably going to be the guy going down the stretch here as do you, you know, this is the big, biggest test of the, uh, of the season so far. And next week you jump feet first in the conference play with that Missouri team. And so... I'll tell you what, it, it this is going to have to be Auburn's best played game of the season. I I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. I don't think it the I don't think the winning team gets above 20 points. I think that this is a very very low scoring game. This, it's going to be a very defensive game. Um and whoever comes out on top, it, it's going to be the team that wins the line of scrimmage probably. I think you're right. And I said this when Chris from Valley called in a little bit earlier. Um I, I think that 
Penn State's linebackers are untested. They don't they don't know how good those guys are. Auburn has one of the has one of the best one two punches at running back in the country. I think Auburn heavily leans on that running game. Auburn football taking on Penn State Saturday, eleven thirty a.m. airtime on our sister station FM Talk ninety three point nine. Kickoff set for two thirty. Listen to the radio call. You can watch the game on CBS. Our final timeout and the nightly TV guides do up next here on Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. Final few moments here of Sports Call today on this Thursday. I am off tomorrow, and uh, it'll be Ryan, Brant, and Cam bringing you Sports Call. We've got high school football tomorrow as well. We'll have Beauregard at Charles Henderson, Smith Station, and, and Dothan, I believe it That's is. That's right, the yes. Wolves. Yes. yes, the Dothan Wolves. Okay, let's get a win for our Panthers, man. For anybody wondering, that was me clicking the pin into the microphone. Yeah. I don't know what I was yeah. doing. I was feeling like a little... A little feisty, a little yeah. Froggy. yeah, a little froggy. Yeah. I've, it's this show has been mostly on track, but it's gotten a little. Yeah, weird. it's gotten off the walls. Um, off the walls. Get your back up off the wall. <laughs> Y'all are listening to old music. Yeah, <laughs> old music. I'll, that's uh, sorry from like the seventies. Just don't. That's good stuff. Literally, our our sister station, I'm going to point out Kate FM. Well, it's 70s music. Don't call it old. It's old. It's so good. It's the three 50, of us were born in the 90s. I know. 50 years. Don't call it old. It's good music. That, is, that is a that's crazy classic. point to be made. 2022 minus 1,970 equals 52. Call it classic music. It's old. And that no, doesn't make it, it bad. Classic music. It doesn't make it bad. Music doesn't have an expiration date. Old music can be good. Wow. Cult classic music that that deserves to be like a bumper sticker or something you know <laughs> music doesn't have an expiration date i still listen to that's my, powerful my favorite genre my favorite that is kind, powerful my favorite songs are from the early 2000s like it brooks are you ready i guess our show is about to end <laughs> but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guy tonight on mtv duran duran with a new single <laughs> <laughs> it's our nightly TV wow. guy brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. He's on one today, bro. Yes. I'll tell you what we are on tonight is on is Marvel. Six o'clock on FX, some Marvel movies for you. Black Panther Good leads one. off your evening. Also, six o'clock on USA Network, it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Dos. Also a good one. So some Marvel action for you. And I'll tell you what, surprisingly, this is a Marvel comic too, but it's not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 602, specifically, on Stars Tonight is Men in Black International. Is that really, an, you know that, is that really yeah, a Marvel property? I say Men in Black is a, is a Marvel comic. I didn't is, know that. It is, not a, um, it is not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there's your movie picks. Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, Men in Black International. It does star Chris Evans, though, who is Thor in the MCU. It is. And it also, uh, what's what's her name that's in Thor? I don't. Well? Um, um, uh, Natalie Portman. No. The no. other one. There's another. Um, 
This is a great segment. Yeah, sorry I'm no help here. Yeah, guys, yeah. guys on computers. It is Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, okay. She's also in in, in black. Can't okay. help you out there. Is she, is she in Thor? She is. She's uh, the... Um, because the only other person other than Jane Foster that I remember is Darcy. She's in Thor, like Ragnarok, is when she first makes her appearance. Oh, she's yeah. she's Valkyrie. Yeah, she's Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Okay, yeah, Tessa okay. Thompson. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Uh, that's your movie picks for the evening. Sports picks for you. Six o'clock on Fox tonight. Some Major League Baseball action. Crack it is. Bat. It could have been one of two games. Checked it tonight. We are getting. It could have been the A's Astros. We are not getting the A's Astros in this area. Fox will be putting on. The Pirates and the Mets game one of that four game series. And cracker, Jack. So Braves fans, Braves are off tonight. I ever get back. Go Pirates. Uh, I'm gonna say Braves Yar. are off tonight. You can uh, watch the Mets. Hopefully, you can root for the uh, Pirates. Six thirty on ESPNU tonight. We've got some college football, some FCS college football. Savannah State takes on Benedict. Some fun FCS football there. Nice. Fun fact: uh, one nice. of the best, one of the better quarterbacks that Robert Still football has ever had went to Savannah State to start things off. Savannah State. I've been to Savannah. Uh, also it's seven nice o'clock city. on ESPN two, I believe. It is some high school football action from Florida St. Francis Academy versus Venice. Also tonight at 8 o'clock, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series UNOH 200 from Bristol Motor Speedway. That's 8 o'clock FS1 tonight. Connecticut. So round of 8. Nope. Bristol, nope. Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, Bristol Motor Speedway, or it's Virginia, one of the two. Bristol, Virginia, Bristol, Tennessee. Did not know there was a Bristol, Virginia. No, it's Bristol, Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm looking yeah. at it. Bristol, Tennessee. I don't watch NASCAR. It's the round yeah. of eight for the NASCAR Truck Series playoffs. And then, of course, tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN, the WNBA playoffs, game three. The Las Vegas Aces can win a WNBA title tonight versus the Connecticut Sun. Dewana Botter and the Connecticut Sun looking to force a game four in that series. That's a look at your TV guide. Brought to you by think, White Claw Hard Seltzer. See, I was trying I think to tag you, team. Oh, yeah, I, like I it. think you forgot something. What did I forget? There's NFL football on tonight. Uh, that's Amazon Prime. Oh, is it really? They're not yeah. doing it on no, ESPN anymore? It's Amazon, Amazon Prime. Blech. All right. But yes, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit make their Amazon debut tonight. It's going to be fun. Yeah, time Brooks, to... Brooks, thanks for being here. Yep. See you soon. Yep. The, high, the high seas will be plundered tonight. People get to hear you on Sports Call tomorrow. They will. <laughs> Love you, buddy. All right. Brooks, That's going like to do that. it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Yo, thanks to Conroe Guerra for stopping <laughs> by. For Brandon Daughtry and Brooks Childress, I'm JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.